Hello and welcome to Fool's Gold. Am I the fool or is it gold? Today I am doing a solo episode actually uh, because no one else watches cartoons aimed solely at children. And I'm talking about The Loud House, Nickelodeon's new hit show. Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of a hit show. Apparently it's, uh, it's brought up their ratings a bunch, kept them competitive in the, the uh, children's show and children, children's cartoon uh, industry and all of that. And uh, I, I have a lot to talk about about it. It's, uh, it, it fits very well in, into the, uh, the premise of Fool's Gold, where, we are, where I talk about uh, shows that are poorly rated or aren't necessarily good, but that I still enjoy. And I've I've been enjoying the show. It's it's a uh, it's 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 a fun cartoon. There's a there's a lot of good content to it. Uh, and a lot of it can be formulaic. A lot of it can what be a little too uh, ham-fisted. Have, well, have a little too ham-fisted of lessons. Be aimed a little bit too much at children. All of that. But um, there's you know there's a lot of good stuff in it. And I want to talk about a lot of uh, a lot of the interesting content that I find in there. So first, I give I'll give a bit of the premise on the show. They're in their second season right now. Um, about I don't know, like eight, two part episodes into that. Um, yeah, classic, you know, uh, eleven minute episode, uh, cartoon format, episodic. Um, and they they have some good production behind it. I'm not familiar with the creator, uh, Chris Savino, um, but he's done stuff. Uh, oh, apparently he's. Uh, showrunner on Dexter's Lab and uh, Powerpuff Girls for the, their last two seasons, and he's been a writer on a bunch of shows, and yeah, so he has he has a career behind him, and um, honestly, also looking at, at the production, uh, there's a an all-star voice cast as far as uh, the, the cartoon world, as far as uh, Nickelodeon classics and Cartoon Network goes. Um, the, well, I guess the main character, Lincoln Loud, um, kind of Grant, Grant Palmer, I think he's a no-name kid, he uh, has done, yeah, he, he was the voice of, yeah, main character, Lincoln Loud, um, for the first 22 episodes, and afterwards, he was replaced by Colin Dean, apparently uh, puberty messed up his voice, sorry, kid. Uh, but Colin Dean is from uh, Over the Garden Wall fame, he voices the little kid Greg, and it's it's really interesting to see him play another character, but still have a lot of the same expressions and uh, deliveries for his lines. I, I'm a big fan of his, uh, his voice acting, honestly, and I, I loved him, loved him in Over the Garden Wall. He's hilarious, adorable, whatever. And um, he does a pretty good job here. A lot, of the, a lot of the lines and directings aren't great. There's a decent amount of narration aimed at the camera, which uh, can, can, can be tedious, but, I mean, he does a good job. But then... then Going to a bunch of the character, other characters. There are a few characters voiced by a uh, Gray Gray Delisle. Apparently, she goes by Gray Griffin now. Um, you know Gray Delisle. She uh, she was uh, Azula in um Avatar. She was the the, the, the babysitter in uh, Fairly Odd Parents. She was uh the girl in uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. She's voiced countless cartoon characters over the years, and she has a very distinctive voice, but. I, the voice that I'm a fan of, she does does a great job. Has kept her voice, uh, kept it up, kept it constant for, and, and like still good, still improving or what, whatever for the last I don't know twenty years. Um, so that's that's a that's a that's a solid career. 
And yeah, she voices uh, a few of the sisters. Um, oh yeah, so the premise of the show, there's one kid, uh, it, it, it's the Loud House, last name Loud, uh, one kid, Lincoln, uh, the boy that's who it follows, uh, age 11, and he has ten sisters, ten crazy sisters who each do their own, have their own individual uh, quirk, talent, whatever. Like, there's the musical one, there's the, the like, emo-poetic one, uh, there's the fashion one, the princess one, the uh, tomboy one, the sporty one, the sciencey one. There, there are all those different ones, and they're, they're, of course they're, they're all, I'll discuss it a bit more later, but, um, I mean, of course they're all uh, simplified characters to an extent, but we get a bit more to their characters uh, going into uh, episodes later in season one and season two af- once we go into individual character storylines, and yeah, I'll talk a bit more about that in a little bit, but um, I guess, yeah, a little bit more with the voice cast. There's also, uh, what's her name? D- Jessica DeChico, uh, Jessica um, she voices Flame Princess in Adventure Time. Um, so she, she voices a couple of the sisters, uh, Catherine Tabor, I forget, uh, I forget what she's done, but she's, she's done something, and, um, a bunch, you, you recognize a couple of the other voices, I'm sure, um, and then, yeah, they're the parents, uh, the dad sounds like a, uh, cartoonish or more friendly Scott Ackerman, but uh, he's voiced by this guy, uh, Brian Stepanek, who has done something? Uh, he's done, like, Disney Channel stuff. Um, whatever. He's, he's he's some adult. And then, yeah, and then also in classic cartoon tradition, all the episode titles are, like, you know, various puns or references uh, to movies and whatnot. So there's, like, one that's, uh, like, uh, a cheater by the dozen. Um, the the Project Loud House. Uh, undie pressure or the well, a lot of them are just like spins on or spins or puns on various uh phrases and stuff um or, or even just the phrase itself you look at space invader overnight success and they just apply to stuff like overnight success is about a sleepover or there's a sleepover plot um and oh there's the butterfly effect episode i haven't gotten there yet <laughs> that, that, that's not that's gonna be cool yeah there's oh it's a loud 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 out house oh that's gonna be cool it's probably mad 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 world well, probably just reference, not a parody. There's not quite that much content. There's not quite that much depth in here. But, you know, there, there are lots of... Uh, each episode um, has its own spin or... Like like any, again, like any cartoon, uh, each episode the title uh, is, yeah, a pun on a uh, classic phrase or movie title. But I guess that's, that's enough for the background. Uh, I... What should I talk about first? So, I'm gonna talk about some things I like first, and uh, yeah, so some I, I I took a few notes just on on inter- th- topics I found interesting, things I thought I should bring up that are uh, either good references, uh, good things that it draws from other media or media in its field or uh, throughout just uh, television and film in in general, and um, just. Yeah, a lot, a lot of interesting things that it does that I, I want to bring up and discuss and uh, uh, I guess talk about the, the qualities of the, the pros and cons and one of those first one of the first ones that I've that I I, I personally find really interesting or I, I think is I, I very much appreciate is uh, the the uh, Charlie Brown esque music cues like a uh, a lot of the, the scene transitions um, it, it sounds like a, a bit of a Vince Guaraldi music being played and, uh, and it's it's honestly like two seconds but just the the atmosphere that it sets and the 
uh, almost nostalgia or the significance of a musical reference like that, I, I really like, I appreciate. And uh, just uh, the, the, that sort of music still uh, is used for uh, cool musical cues and stuff like that. Um, I wonder if it's uh, entirely intentional or actually supposed to be a reference to Vince Guaraldi music and Charlie Brown. Um, but uh, yeah, that's... I don't know. That's that's something I observed. It's something I like. Yeah, and then you got yeah, the next scene, and it's 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 a good time. Um, then what's what should I talk about? Oh yeah, then other just like little references, uh, or or tropes or whatever. Um, okay, so I mentioned that each character, uh. Yeah, this 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 will end up being a problem that I have with it. But I, but I but I mentioned that each character, each uh, sister, has their own uh, uh, talent, their own uh, niche, uh, their own thing they do. But the main character Clyde doesn't exactly, and they actually talk about that in uh in one of the episodes. It's, it's one of the first episodes, I think. Um, and uh, where yeah, he's um. The main character Lincoln is talking about how he is is the only kid in the family who doesn't have a trophy in the case. He hasn't like uh, won any of these specific competitions. He doesn't have any of these specific skills. And uh, they kind of show a little montage of him like trying out uh, all these activities, but um, they're all very half-hearted attempts. And I guess that makes him a less sympathetic. Well. I'll say less sympathetic, less uh, less likable, honestly, main character, just because he, he doesn't have that same uh, passion, interests, whatever, and he he has kind of the generic uh, uh, the generic stuff that you'll see from a a kid main character, especially in a cartoon where he he likes uh, comic books and and video games and uh, like just fantasy and sci-fi movies and stuff, um, and but even like that, the the plots aren't usually focused on that. That's kind of a side thing, and uh, that's that's not very important in his character. Um. So and but there there are some there are some fun bits. Like, uh, he has uh, what's very clearly a, a Mazinger um mecha like figurine or gunpla or whatever on his uh, on his dresser. And stuff like little references like that, I, I appreciate, and I'm I'm sure that's uh, something that the the uh, uh, storyboarders, uh, writers, maybe the creators, just um, something they want to throw in there to show uh, their interests and influences, and uh, maybe they're the ones who relate most to Lincoln. Um, I mean, it could be the youth of today as well, but uh, honestly, stuff like arcade games and like comic books have really fallen out of fashion and I feel like it's more just a, a cliche or a trope than and, and is uh, more ineffective than uh, it really is a sympathetic appeal or whatever. So that's uh, yeah kind of a big problem or that, that's, that's a problem I have. Uh, and then yeah of course the the levels of characters in uh, in each sister are all, uh, very different. Some some sisters are uh, more like the oldest sister, uh, Lori Loud. She, um, I guess her big thing is she's constantly texting and obsessed with her boyfriend. Um, 
But that's there actually is more to her character than that, and uh, we see that fortunately earlier on in that um, she gets a little bit more uh, attention, a little bit more screen time, um, and and development. Uh, in even the first couple episodes and later on, just her relationship as the older sister to the other sisters, um, her just yeah what what she does yeah what she does for the family I mean, that, that she is more than just uh, just texting and um, that she's uh, worth more to the the plot and the family and that's uh, yeah that's that's good to see and it's uh, part part of it is also just they the, her voice is a bit more normal it's less. Uh, characteresque than other characters, but uh, yeah, just seeing her develop more relationships with other other characters outside uh, of just the family, and it, or even even developing any relationships at all is is uh, gives her a lot more um, attraction as far as uh, uh, seeing her as a likable character. We get a bit more of that with other characters going like so. I haven't seen all the series yet. I believe there, uh, I think uh, Wikipedia said so there are thirty four episodes so far or something. Um, 34, uh, double part, 34, they're totally, oh yeah, 34, double, like, two-part episodes, so they're, like, 68 episodes, um, yeah, 11-minute episodes. I've kind of been jumping around a bit, uh, I guess I've seen most of what the, the eight two-part episodes in season two at this point, because I, I jumped around to there, because, uh, I do like, um, Colin Dean's expression a bit more than, uh, Grant Palmer's as Lincoln, and I, yeah, I like his acting, especially like like I said, um, oh, like like I mentioned earlier, uh, a lot of the episodes or a lot of them are directed by Lincoln talking to the care talking to the camera and kind of explaining some some stuff or narrating and leading us through a certain situation or uh, like almost almost pausing time at certain points, and it's not usually very effective. Or it's it's very much babying the audience, uh, especially giving it from a uh, from Lincoln's perspective, and although he, the main character, is 11 years old, uh, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's the case, I'm pretty sure he's 11, uh, he, I think this show appeals a lot more to ages 10 and under, just, uh, how, how basic of, um, introduction he gives to a lot of the, uh, family conflicts and just, uh, interpersonal relationships and, um, how, how to interact with friends and family and, um, and, and pub, like, in public and just general, general, like, growing up topics like you, like, you, you expect to see in a kid's cartoon. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, but how, how they address it and how he talks to the audience, uh, can, I don't even know, condescending is the right word. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just babying us a little bit, um, and and it also just messes it. It more just messes up with the flow of things where something's going on or he's a a scene's about to happen. He's like, now things in the loud house are when dealing with ten sisters. You have to remember this, um, stuff like that. And it's a little more charming with uh, Colin Dean's voice than Grant Palmer's. That just it just gets a little bit annoying. And the direction is part of that too. But um. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, a problem I have, and one reason I skipped yeah I skipped to a lot of later season one and season two episodes recently, um, but the the other reason I I mentioned uh, I kind of mentioned already is that at that point they focus a lot more on uh, plots involving individual characters and Lincoln uh, going like having his side quests with um, one or two sisters at a time, whereas in the first like 
10 episodes or so, a lot of it's focused just on introducing Lincoln and uh, each of his sisters having, like, kind of a collective role, or sisters as being a collective, uh, interacting with him and uh, the conflicts introduced or the conflicts that the, 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 the ten sisters bring up. Um, so, yeah, I... I I guess I like the small team dynamic, or there, there's a lot more to be gained, honestly, from the small team dynamic, especially, especially in a short form show like this with 11 minute episodes. Uh, I, I look at something like um, uh, Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender, that that series does a phenomenal job, or they, they focus the whole series on certain small team and group dynamics, both in, in uh, interactions and quests and fighting and stuff, and just the, the yeah, how, how they grow in the relationships, how their teamwork isn't fighting, and their dynamic is there, and uh, that that's one of the things that makes Avatar so great, and I a lot of other shows do similar things, and this show has the potential to do a lot of that, and it, it starts doing a bit of it uh, with yeah these individual character plots, and um, just it's, it gets a bit more personal than say something like Adventure Time that has a lot of uh, individual character plots and uh, and and stuff well because the core cast of adventure time is very small you got you got uh finn jake uh princess bubblegum marceline ice king um and recently you got a uh, uh, susan strong and whatever and then there's also i guess uh bemo um yeah and that uh like yeah a lot of the episodes pretty much all the episodes focus on finn and jake going and doing something for some random character but there there's such a broad cast of recurring characters and a lot of episodes just are very random in concept um like uh, like the i think it's the first week of the, the new season season eight where uh half the episodes were just like didn't even have finn and jake in them they're just super random episodes focusing on uh these citizens of the candy kingdom and uh i mean a couple of them were good but a couple of them were really lame too or just not very interesting because the characters weren't that uh, likable, but um, in a in a set cast though the the larger cast a set cast like this in the Loud House there's a lot of potential f- and uh, if, yeah, a lot of potential for having these uh, personal relationships and dynamics build, especially focusing on the one character Lincoln and uh, how he yeah is able to uh, relate to interact with learn from and teach uh, his sisters. Um, uh, in each uh, in each conflict brought up in each episode, and that's that actually is a, a great transition to my next point or the another thing. There's um, season two episode uh, three, yeah, three part two. Um, there's an episode of uh, brawl on the family, uh, put on all the family, <laughs> and it's yeah it has to do with uh, Lincoln uh, trying to teach his sisters uh, stuff related to conflict resolution, and. Like I said, Lincoln is both... There's very much a give-and-take relationship with, with every sister from the oldest to the youngest with, with Lincoln in teaching. But he's he's the boy, he's the main character, and he very much has the attitude that he knows what to do. And this episode, like, Lincoln... It's kind of hilarious how much Lincoln is, is into, uh, I guess, mansplaining. I, I will say mansplaining to his sisters how to solve these, these conflicts. Uh, um, I think... Uh, the conflict might have started out just like uh, uh, the, the oldest two sisters, uh, the, the, Lori and uh, Lenny, um, had bought the same dress, and they were arguing about that. 
and Lincoln just said a couple like a couple random things. Uh, like said, "Well, I won't tell the, the I won't tell this sister. This other sister does this, or that this annoys this other sister, and just um, uh, kind of contrive contrivingly, what in a very contrived manner, bringing all these other conflicts into focus, and uh, then just trying to t- like tell them uh, mansplain to." Yeah, all of his sisters, um, just to uh, kind of quit it and to not react or not not care about any of this, and that he's just so above them and all of that. One I thought was really funny, just seeing this little kid with that attitude, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's also, I mean, you know, kind of interesting. Um, like I said, there's a lot of give and take uh, learning and, and teaching with him and his relationships with his sisters and a lot of episodes focus on him resolving others conflicts and seeing him put in this uh, situation where he's just wrong all the time is also an interesting perspective and yeah that's actually that reminds me of another trope that's uh, the weak part of this series <laughs> the, the whole um, overhearing parents uh, uh, plot cue like, uh, an episode I watched recently is, uh, the, the parents were, uh, Lincoln was, he was listening through events to his parents downstairs, and th- the mother was yelling at the dad for all of his dumb theme ties and he had, and, like, throwing them away. He effectively had a tie themed after, uh, each kid, where there was, yeah, there was a musical one, there was the dark one, there was the white hair one, which was the white rabbit one, but main character Lincoln has white hair, and all of that, um, and... Uh, Lincoln and the sisters overhearing through the vent thought that the mother was yelling at the dad to get rid of the children, not the ties. Uh, or not, like, ties or whatever. Um, so there was that whole plot there. And it was actually ended up being an enjoyable episode, but that, that whole misunderstanding overhearing parents cues, it's used a bunch of, actually, yeah, a bunch of different episodes. And it's not a very good trope, honestly. It's not a very good cue for plots, uh, because the whole misunderstanding thing is, uh, it's not enjoyable to watch. It's it's painful to watch. It doesn't make us sympathetic with the characters because we know what's actually going on, and yeah. So so the reveal is just uh, we're just there's so much tension building up up to the reveal, and the we we or at least I I as a viewer cannot enjoy what's going on the conflicts the conflict uh resolution. Um, and everything that's going on because it's, it's, it's so, uh, yeah, painful to watch, so counterproductive, counterintuitive, all of that, um, and especially in, in a children's cartoon like this, it, uh, this, it, it ends up being, or it's a very, very, uh, simple misunderstanding, or, what's well, it's, a, it's oh, not, sorry, it's a very bad misunderstanding, like, the characters should not have misunderstood. In this situation, uh, that with the ties, it kind of... Uh, though, though it's really dumb to think their parents are getting rid of them, the, the, the getting rid of the kids, it's, um, it's, and it's, like, horrible, like, so, so contrived with, uh, yeah, them having the, the musical tie, the dark tie, the, the science-y tie, and, like, uh, yeah, talking about how bad, the, the mom talking about how bad they are, and, like, the funny tie never made me laugh for the, the, uh, stand-up comedy sister, um, it's all very contrived, but it it worked surprisingly well. Um, like I said, because the plot wasn't as painful to watch, and because the the kids' reactions weren't uh, uh, horribly self destructive and whatnot.
Um, so that that that. Uh, and yeah, speaking speaking of the parents, they there, there's kind of a very interesting artistic decision. Uh, actually, going back to Charlie Brown, where until season two, it might be a couple episodes into season. Oh, actually, no, it's apparently for episode one of season two. I have the episode list up here. They have episode one, season two. Note: This is the first time that uh, Rita and Lynn Senior's faces are revealed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's convenient. Uh, yes, so the parents' faces aren't revealed until season two. Uh, so, that, yeah, again, that's, that's a very, I guess, Charlie Brown, uh, Peanuts-esque thing to do. Um, and, I mean, they, they still have their own voices and whatever, but, like, it's it, it shows, especially in season one, that uh, the... What is it? The, the children are very much the focus of the story, and the parents are kind of just there in the background. They, they barely appear in most episodes in season one, and season two, they have uh, a bit more involved in roles, or they, they actually take part in a couple of the plots, but I, uh, to an extent, I think it ends up being a mistake. Not saying the, plot, the plots are bad, but the characters of the parents are unlikable, because with, um, they're kind of, in some ways, reminiscent of the the uh, Timmy's parents and the Fairly Odd Parents, um, where they are uh, kind of negligent to an extent. Uh, I mean, the the yeah Timmy's parents are much much more likable. They're, they're the dad's just a super. He's a hilarious, exciting, lovable character, <laughs> just over the top. Does, does, yeah, he's he's great. And the the parents are more comically negligible there, or like sorry, co- comically negligent there of their their son. Um, and it's very much a joke. But here in the Loud House, I think there's there's a serious enough of a relationship and tone built that, and, and just like what the parents do or what they say and whatever, it's uh, like when when they are shown, they're shown to be less, or it, it makes them less likable. Um, yeah, and part of that is just their their negligence, negligence or um, their attitude as as parents, or being as irresponsible as the kids oftentimes, or just not, not having a good attitude towards their children. Um, though I mean, of course, uh, implicitly we can see uh, in the kids and in everything that the kids have become and done and have that the parents are are fine or good parents. Um, but yeah, when when they appear, it's it's they're. Yeah, their characters aren't uh, shown as being good parents. Or say one episode, um, they're trying to get away, or they're trying to like take a weekend at a at a hotel. Um, it's like a weekend to get away and send the kids off to go stay with their aunts and whatever. Or, um, but yeah, the it ends up that the parents end up bringing the kids along. Kids cause all this trouble, the, the, the whatever crazy stuff ensues. Um, a lot of fun stuff, uh, and whatnot. But it actually ends up being the parents who get them all kicked out of the, out of the hotel, and they, they don't tell the kids, and you know, it's just the horribly irresponsible, disrespectful on their part, whatever. Um, it, kind of comical. That's that's not a great uh, uh, example of the, what, what I was trying to describe here. Um, the parents getting kicked out for uh, skinny dipping in the middle of the night um, in the pool, but, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, along with that, there, there are... Yeah, that, that also reminds me that there are a fair amount of, like... Uh, I don't know if I'll say it. adult themes, adult jokes, um, uh, references that that are that do occur occasionally throughout the series, and um, they're they're not like you know they're not like great 
uh, Easter eggs or whatever, or like being an adult adult and getting them now, it's not like I get so much more out of the show. But um, yeah, it's interesting to see. Or I, I think they're probably in there for parents watching the show uh, with their children. And then, then, then that brings me to uh, one, one of my one of my next important points, um, which is, I guess, progressive themes, and uh, progressive themes in modern media, progressive themes themes uh, forced into modern media, whether or not they're appropriate or they they add to the story, and you know, modern children's media, and how they're how progressive themes are depicted. Um, and how kids are taught to react. Um, so, I mean, imagine Steven Universe. There, there's a lot of a lot of stuff there related to uh, lesbianism, homosexuality, and uh, just well, loving relationships in general, and depicting stuff all as uh, yeah, very loving relationships, and that's that's it tends to be a very positive uh, depiction of relationships in in general, and. Um, stuff that you see between Ruby and Sapphire and Garnet in Garnet and stuff like that, and um, or even even the the themes of uh, uh, single parenthood with um, uh, Greg Universe and uh, his his relationship with uh, the, the what's her name Rose Quartz and uh, her sacrifice and really how that left Stephen and there's a recent episode where he he feels very very uncomfortable and insecure about that and. Uh, kind of has, has I don't know, childlike interactions with his mother in the in, in his mother's uh, gem hologram hallucination whatever you want to call it room uh, virtual reality room thing and that, that was that was a very dark episode honestly because it, it showed Steven all alone and just put in that in that situation and I I honestly wonder how a kid today watching that show would would react to that uh, or whether he he would have a uh, a kid would have a personal or emotional response to a situation like that or how much they might relate uh, especially the, like single parentage parenthood I guess becoming more and more common over the last so many so many years and stuff like that and uh, yeah the themes of also the themes of same-sex parents with uh, the the uh, crystal gems acting as um, effectively parents to Steven and stuff like that but in the loud house we have uh, Clyde who is uh, Lincoln's best friend um, little black kid and he has two dads uh, I don't know their names I don't care about the names whatever they're they're kind of like comical they're kind of like comical or character-esque again um, in the sense that the, the, the modern family um, uh, gay couple, where they're like super protective and caring and um, like emotional and all of that. Uh, like like there there's a little clip in the um when they they drop off Clyde to, for uh for a sleepover at Lincoln's house, um, and or at the at the Loud House, the titular titular Loud House, and yeah they like. Are, are yeah they show their super protectiveness and caringness there in and it feels almost exactly like the the, uh, the fat dad from uh, modern family so that, that's an interesting depiction uh, there a little bit harshly stereotypical or I, I feel like it might not be the, the best um, 
way to present it and uh, possibly the only uh, well the, the yeah possibly the only uh, exposure to uh, same same sex parents or whatever relationship that a kid that age again I, I don't think the show is uh, aimed at a demographic older than 10 um, that, that kid like kid age six seven eight nine may uh, be exposed to um, so that's an interesting interesting thing I know there's been some controversy over or some like minor controversies over it uh, some uh, uh, positive feedback from uh, progressive media sources and reviews and whatever um, and I mean I think it's fine for for a while in the series it's just very well I'll just say unnecessary because it doesn't it doesn't come up at all or it's a, it's just kind of a thing in the background that feels almost almost forced in there like Clyde's like oh my dad's or whatever and I mean, it's it's fine. It's like uh, that's kind of not a good thing. Cause it's de- well, it's kind of not a problem because it's depicted as like a a, a normal family and ever, and whatnot, and they don't yeah they don't make an issue out of it. But it uh, also feels like kind of it's just uh, that it's kind of just thrown in. Like we're seeing uh, more and more in uh, in media these days with uh, the various uh, progressive themes and it's not integrated quite to the extent that it is or to the extent that it is in steven universe and uh, other stuff like that um so that that is i don't know yeah some problems some neutral neutralities but then there's also kind of an interesting thing so so clyde uh, uh, visits a therapist, uh, Doctor Lopez, and his his parents do apparently too. His his dad's. Um, uh, I'm not sure if they're they're like family sessions or whatever. But, I mean, I, well, at first it it might seem just like a, a caricature of or, or uh, I feel like I've said the word fifty times in this this episode. Uh, but at first it seems like uh, just kind of a, a stereotypical uh, reference thing that. You'd see in a, a lot of, say, New York-based uh, media or L.A.-based media where a, a lot of people will regularly visit a therapist. And, um, uh, I mean, rightly so. It's, it's the, from, from whatever. Uh, I'm not going to talk about things. But uh, um, it seems like just kind of a, a stereotype or generic, generic honestly, uh, a trope or reference um, that is just thrown in. But it's, it's very strange to me for an 11 year old kid to be visiting a therapist regularly and uh he, he pretty often references like things that dr lopez tells him about uh about say like conflict resolution or um like how, how to handle his emotions and stuff like that and it's oh, it's very strange um i i figure uh part of the well i figure one thing that comes up would probably probably be probably be Clyde's feelings for uh or his his crush on Lincoln's older sis oldest sister Lori, um, and like he faints every time he sees her. It's, it's uh it's it's weird. Uh, or um, yeah, it's it's like he's like a creepy thing thing going on. Um, and yeah, eleven year old, seventeen year old, plus uh, whatever everything else that's present there, and um, it's. Yeah, that, that's a very strange thing. It's brought up way too much. Um, it's not, not like it's not subtle at all, and I, I forget that's a thing that might come up in, in his therapy sessions that might might uh, appear later in the series or maybe in an episode that I haven't seen yet. 
um, depending on whether or not they want to go the, the, the creators and writers want to go that route. Uh, so, but that's yeah, that's interesting, and I, I think it also is uh, kind of um, uh, suggests or, or there are a lot of bad implications or negative implications that they give the the little black kid who is um, like uh, son or who's uh, the parents are in a same sex relationship a relationship to a therapist. And I, I feel like that that there could be a suggestion that there are problems in the family and the relationship and that there's there's inherently something wrong there. Um, especially saying, like, one, I'm pretty sure one thing he said he learned uh, was was conflict resolution. And that, that could suggest marital conflict or uh, some some problems in the family, especially with the, the suggested family therapy sessions or, or at least everyone in the family visiting this uh, therapist, Dr. Lopez. So, I mean, I understand that uh, to an extent it's kind of a, a, just a generic uh, or stereotypical reference or joke, but there, there are a lot of implications present there that, I, uh, that could be problematic to the, Im- the, the images they're trying to paint or the image of the show or the, the, the tone set by the creators in, in general. Um, what am I going to say more? So, yeah, that's, I think that's most of what I have to talk about, about the, the themes present in the show. Um, I think I got through all my notes there. Uh, well, I mean, those were just on things to talk about, but um, and on topics in general as they came up. But, yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about... So, so I've, I've said a lot of good things about the show in general. Uh, I mean, sure, I've, I've, been, I've said plenty of, uh, I guess, critical things, or uh, I've really just talked about a lot, of, a lot of things that come up in the show. And, but, like I said, with it being aimed towards such a young audience, um, with a lot of characters being simplified to characters oftentimes, or uh, being very slow for them to open up to actual development, um, and for things like that that can ruin the, the, the pacing or um, the fluidity of the show, uh, such as um, Lincoln's narrations to the camera and the audience, um, and his little explanations or whatever, and his his whole um, always being right uh, attitude. Uh, though there there are a lot of reasons to say it's not a good show. Um, like I said, it I think it gets better. I think there there's a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of potential here, especially. But um, it's it's not, yeah, it's it's not at its core a a good or high quality show. Um. But I, I'm going to talk a little bit about one more thing, I guess, uh, and then, then conclude. Last thing I want to talk about is, uh, I guess, guess, the art, the art direction, all of that. Um, so the visuals are, are overall very good. It's, it looks like just a classic Nickelodeon. It, it very much fits the classic aesthetic of Nickelodeon, or even some Cartoon Network shows from like the, the early, mid-2000s, except a lot prettier. Um... Some of the animation is a little rough. Uh, there's uh, some some very subtle mixes, mixing between uh, frame to frame and tweening. I th- I I'm, I think, and um, some of it's like a little, uh, I guess generic like looped. Uh, some some of the, the walking animations I think are looped, looped or some of the the um, motions look or they're they're not uh, what is it stretchy enough, or they're they're stretchy in 
uh, away with bad timing. And um, a lot of the animation is very good, I'll say. And they, they put some work into the animation. They do have a lot of unique motions and exciting stuff that goes on. But a lot of times, yeah, it is uh, a certain kind of reference reference models of characters and there's some talking uh, some uh, maybe hand motions but um it, it mostly works because i said the aesthetic like i said the aesthetic works very well it's it's uh it can be a little generic at times but there's uh there's a surprisingly good variation in character design even within the 10 sisters um but also uh, going out to uh, other characters and like other uh, episodic bit characters, uh, recurring characters or, or like neighbors or whatever. There's uh, um, surprisingly good uh, variation in character design, uh, despite some some generic uh, character design aspects and the, the approach they have towards a lot of the characters. So I appreciate that, and um, yeah. I, the, the visuals are not something that detracts, or it's something that uh, probably establishes the show for what it is. You can, if you look at the visuals, uh, take that almost to face value. That uh, it gives you a description of the quality of the show. <laughs> I mean, it's the judge a book by its cover. That's 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 my moral right here. Thank you, and get it on off. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, again. I said I've been I've been enjoying the series. Um, and I told you why. There's there's a lot of uh, interesting content in there, a lot of potential, a lot of fun little references and cues and stuff. And uh, despite a lot of problems with it, it's it's well it's very well produced, um, very uh, very fluid and all of that. Um, yeah, especially like I said with the aesthetic and uh, having a quality a uh, voice cast. And I've I've been enjoying it. It's uh, again I won't say it's gold, but. I'm not the fool.